Hey there, and welcome to Process. This is a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. This episode is all about Justin Jackson, a maker who honestly does way too much. <laughs> he writes, hosts various podcasts, builds a bunch of tech products, and speaks all over the globe. His new book, Marketing for Developers, is coming out soon. Oh, and by the way, he does all that as a father to four kids. No big deal, right? I'm going to ask Justin some hard questions, like how he manages to get all that stuff done, how he gets back up from a creative low, and how he faces the ups and downs of putting his work out into the world. Let's get to it. Justin, thanks so much for being on Process. Hi, Justin. Thank you so much for being on Process. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I love this conversation from Nicaragua up to Vernon, Canada. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a long distance, actually. I was looking at it in the map, and uh, I don't even know if I could get a flight directly from where I'm at to Nicaragua. I promise I probably, you can't. <laughs> I, I probably have to stop in a few places on the way. <laughs> Unless you PJ, you're private. But no, um, yeah, that's one of the hardest th- parts about living in Nicaragua. It's, they have very few flights in and out. Uh, so getting anywhere and connecting to people makes it a little difficult, which is kind of what this podcast is all about. I love, I love meeting new people and, and chatting with you. So Justin, tell me a little bit about, you know, I know you do a ton of stuff. You write, you podcast, mm-hmm. you create like tech products, uh, you speak all over the world. How do you like describe what you do or package it? Like, so how would you describe your career? Yeah, you know, I've, I've had a hard time doing that actually. <laughs> Normally now I just say I make stuff which, you know, the, the more I kind of travel and the more I, I meet more people, there's a lot of us that are describing ourselves as independent makers. And to me, that just means I'm, you know, not connected to a big company. You know, I'm not doing this as a team of 10. I'm just an independent person who's creating things. And a lot of those things I'm doing on the side. And so, yeah, that, I think that's the best way I, I have to describe what I do is I'm an independent maker and I like to make stuff. And right now I'm making you know, tech products, I guess, but I'm open to making all sorts of things. I've thought about, you know, maybe I should make some physical products or maybe I should, you know, do other things other than just tech products. So that's how I describe myself. And I think it, it helps maybe a little bit. When I meet someone else who's also a maker, we understand each other immediately. But I think just like a regular person, if I say, oh, I'm a maker, they wouldn't really get it. What led you to the internet? And building for that internet audience. I read that you were started tinkering with computers back in like the 80s when you were yeah. just a little kid. Would, yeah. would you consider that like, was it a pull for you? Kind of like a vocation of sorts? Or did you feel called to it? Or it was just kind of, oh, man. it's been interesting to you. So you tinker with it on and off. What is it yeah. like? Yeah. So from the time I was really young, I was really interested in computers. And I was actually quite shy as a kid. And so... I think now I would say I'm very extroverted. I get a lot of energy from being with people. But back then, I'm not sure if I was just because of my shyness or whatever. I I spent a lot of time just kind of geeking out on stuff. And computers for me were like amazing from the beginning. This idea that, you know, you could get this machine to do things and you could create things on it. And, you know, you could type in a bunch of code and see like an output. I always liked that idea of producing things. So like, oh, I could produce... uh, even a little questionnaire on the computer and then, you know, get my brother and sisters to go through it. Or So I've always been interested in computers and especially, you know, I don't know, from the time I was like nine years old, all through high school, I 
really liked computers, especially because we had a computer that had a modem and uh, connected to the phone line. It was really slow. It was about 2,400 baud, which is it's slow. <laughs> like it would take all day. It would take a week to download a movie file, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I just remember thinking, this is amazing. For the same reason that you and I being able to talk right now is amazing. The idea that I could connect with people all over the world as a 12-year-old kid in Canada kind of blew my mind. As a shy 12-year-old kid in Canada, just blew my mind. And, you know, I was tinkering a ton, just, you know, setting up my own bulletin boards. Uh, when the web came out, I you know, I immediately started learning how to write HTML and, you know, writing little web pages and joining forums and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, that's been kind of a long running trend in my life is that I love computers. I'm not, I'm not very good at some things that kind of traditional nerds are good at. I'm not a very good programmer, but I really love like hacking and tinkering and I love what computers allow me to do. And that's been, you know, as long as I can remember, that's been true. And has it been like a certain topic that called you to computers? Because, for example, I'm going to tell you a very nerdy story. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's all good. I <laughs> kind of was pulled to computers because it allowed me <laughs> so bad to connect to people in the NSYNC fan community. <laughs> I was such a fangirl. Like Joey Fatone, I love you. So... <laughs> Um, and so what I would do, that's where I, the reason why I was so interested in computers is I learned, for example, how to Photoshop and built like a very basic HTML because it was like the NSYNC stuff that I was doing. What particularly were you, you know, joining bulletin boards for or, or whatever it is that you were doing, creating surveys? Yeah. I mean, so I just loved computers for computer's sake. And so at the beginning, so the technology itself. It, just the technology itself and specifically what it allowed you to do. So before, for example, the web kind of became popular, uh, the internet was, you know, Usenet groups and Telnet sites and Gopher servers. And it was all text-based. And I remember like the news groups I would join were like Alt Hackers, Alt 2600, kind of anything related. There's uh, news groups related to, this is kind of, I'm not sure if people even understand this, but there's used to be an ANSI art scene and there was also a demo scene. So ANSI art is creating kind of like, it's like similar to ASCII art. Uh, so you would be able to, you'd create, you know, pictures or graphics with just using basic ASCII symbols. And then ANSI art was being able to use colored ASCII symbols. And then the demo scene was all about how, like what kind of music and video and kind of graphics capabilities can we push computers to do? I was into all that stuff. Because it just, it just blew my mind. I can publish stuff on the web. I can create, you know, a little movie. I can create a little CD-ROM and have people go through different options and stuff. I just loved what technology enabled people to do. And, you know, I was kind of drawn to the hacker communities because they were like, you know, doing stuff with technology. They were using it to, you know, see if they could, you know, hack the phone system. How can we get free long distance phone calls and stuff like that? Initially, I was just drawn to that. And then later on, I mean, I, I had a snowboarding website called Smoothie that I ran with my friend. I had, what else? I mean, I've had tons and tons of websites over the years that are more interest-based. But early on, I was, I was just into technology for technology's sake. I just love the fact that you could do stuff with it that wasn't possible otherwise. So does that mean that now you, are, you like tools 
You know, like we were talking about earlier, like MailChimp versus ConvertKit or Trello versus Basecamp. Like, do you still enjoy all that techie stuff or now have you focused more on what technology allows you to do? I think like, I've always been focused on what technology allows me to do. I've actually, I'm not... Because I big, really love the tools. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a, bi- a big tool person. Well, I guess it depends. Yeah, it really... De- I mean, I like, there's certain tools that I love using and there's certain tools that, you know, I appreciate. But for me, I'm always just thinking about the output, like whatever I can use to, you know, that enables me to, you know, create this thing. That's what I'm into. Um, And what's the thing? I I usually say I get more frustrated with tools than anything because I find that tools never kind of do what I want them to do. So in that in in that sense, I'm I'm interested in making tools better, and I'm interested in making maybe better tools. But there's not like even like. Apple stuff, like I, I have a lot of Apple stuff, but I, I don't like geek out about it the way some people do. For me, it's just a means to an end. And, you know, if my computer's getting slow, I want to, I want a faster one just because I want to be able to make stuff faster. I don't really care about, you know, any of the other, its features or things right. like that. I, I just want to make stuff. And which is your favorite thing to make? Because you, you, like we mentioned, there's writing, there's building products, there's podcasting, there's speaking, and probably other things that you're um, experimenting with. Mm-hmm. Wow. You must choose. No, I must choose. Well, I mean, if I had to choose one, I would choose writing. Because to me, writing, you know, writing is one of the, the things. The first thing I ever did on a Commodore VIC-20 was write, right? You write into the, at the time, it was like a terminal, and you could write basic, you could write basic, basic. And so from the beginning, computers have always been about words. And, you know, the first things I wanted to do with computers was publish words. I wanted to be able to write on forums. I wanted to be able to write essays. I wanted to, you know, be able to publish stuff online and have people read it. And to me, that when you kind of bring everything down to its base level, it's all about words. It's all about writing, whether you're writing code, whether you're writing a blog, whether you're writing a script, etc. So if I had to choose one, I would choose writing because I think it's the kind of the most basic and it's also one of the most powerful. And how I've read your blog for a while now. And there's this one post that I'm going to link in the show notes. Keep making stuff. Mm-hmm. And I might be misquoting the, the title, but that's the general gist of it, uh, which I, I send to people all the time. <laughs> um, and I, I'm curious, how has your journey been writing online with this current blog? Because you mentioned a bunch of, that you've had a lot of websites and stuff. And mm-hmm. with this, you know, Justin Jackson dossier and your blog and the books that you've put out, and your handbooks and stuff like that. What has the journey been like? Yeah, I mean, if you go, if you scroll back far enough on my, on justinjackson.ca, you'll see all sorts of old posts that are hilarious. There was one on, for a while I was writing about Apple products. For a while I was writing about urban design. For a while I was writing about environmentalism. I'm going to go digging. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you go, my blog homepage used to be just a big long list that you could scroll. Now you have to actually kind of go back. But, you know, for a long time, that's what I was, I was writing about a bunch of different things and just kind of happy to be writing stuff that, could be, you know, maybe found one day. But over the years, partly pragmatically and partly just because it's what's gotten the most traction, I've focused more on making stuff, building products, startups, building a business, marketing. And that focus 
has, you know, led to more traction. And so when I say pragmatically, I mean, you know, when you have a family, you need to pay bills and and stuff like that. And so one thing I kind of discovered was the more focused I was, the more uh, of a living I was able to make. And so I kind of purposefully kind of gave up on writing about urban design, for example, which is something I'm still interested in. But it ended up being better for me to focus on kind of one thing and dive in as deep as I can on that. And in some ways, I'm still pretty general. You know, I have friends that are a lot more specific than I am. But right now, I'm happy to be kind of in this space of people that like to make stuff, people that want to, you know, learn how to market their products, people that want to create products. That's kind of the the focus right now. And uh, that kind of that's been good for me in terms of, you know, my career. It's been good for me in terms of uh, providing for my family. But there's, yeah, if you go back, there's definitely, and I used to have, oh man, I used to have, uh, I still do actually, I have about 10 tumblers of different topics. Like I've got one that's all like uh, funny Canadiana, like just funny cultural artifacts from Canada. I've got one that is all about living here in Vernon, British Columbia. I've got one about snowboarding. Um, So, you know, I think Tumblr kind of became that place where I I would explore those other things. Like different silos for different interests kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And every time I've tried to branch out with writing, though, it's been too much. Like, I had a site for a while called Team Bits, and it was all about, like, how can you work better with a team? How can you be a better manager? How can you be a better leader? And I just didn't have enough bandwidth to, to write you know, for that and, you know, write on justinjackson.ca. So And you don't I, uh, actually post that often, or at least recently. Is that because you're, you're putting more effort into your book and your four children, which I really want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So recently I haven't written as much, although I do feel like this burning desire to get more written right now. I've got like a bunch of ideas and a notepad. Yeah, but I've been, I've been trying to focus on writing this book. And I mean, a lot of my time right now is spent consulting. I do product marketing consulting for some startups in the US. And, you know, that's about that's a, a big chunk of uh, my wife and I have a company together called Nerd North Incorporated. And uh, that's what we do. Like most of our revenue comes from consulting to startups. And then, you know, a growing chunk of revenue is from the stuff that that we make. And so marketing for developers is one of those things. And that's kind of been a pain in the ass to, to make. I started it maybe a year and a half ago and then got to uh, just things with the family got really busy. And, you know, yeah, let's, I just, let's talk about this. There's sure. so from what I understand, you and your wife, you're entrepreneurs together in Nerd North. Is that yep. correct? And with this, you co-parent four children. Yeah. What is a day in the life? Like, so you work at We mentioned earlier that you work at a co-working space. Yeah. What is a day in the life of Justin Jackson with, you know, juggling kids, consulting, creating, writing, all the kind of things that you do? Yeah. I'm pulling it off and making like enough to not only just, I mean, provide for everybody, but also it's, it seems like you get to travel a ton as well. Yeah. So I'm just curious about what is it like to, to live your life right now? Yeah. So I, th- I feel like one thing is our kids are uh, 12, 10 seven and six. And so one thing that happened, you know, in the last year is that all of our kids were in school for full days. Uh, So from, I think we drop them off at 830 and then they're done at three o'clock. And that was a huge change in our lives 
that's what enabled us to start. Like I was working for a software company a year ago and we decided to you know, stop doing that and start our own company because our kids were in school full time and we felt like, you know, now we can actually do this. So yeah, we wake up in the morning, we, you know, make lunches for them, we get them ready for school, we drop them off. I hop on my bike and bike down to the co-working office here. It's right downtown Vernon. It's about a five minute bike ride down the mountain. And uh, yeah, I'll usually work from here for most of the day. Uh, my wife likes to uh, work from kind of various places. So she'll like go work at a coffee shop. She'll work from home. She'll sometimes she'll work from here. And this is all still very new for us. She's just really started kind of working uh, in the company in the last three to six months, probably. So that that part is new of her and I working together. And uh, we're still figuring that out, you know, how, yeah. yeah there, that sounds, it, I mean, hats off. It's not it's not always easy, but the cool thing is that both of you. Yeah. But the cool part is it it is nice to have uh, a partner that kind of understands you and uh, we balance each other really well. So, yeah, uh, most of the day I'll be working on consulting projects and then I'll usually work on like other stuff, like our own projects, either early in the morning, late in the afternoon, late in the evening or on weekends or because I build daily. Uh, with the consulting work, uh, sometimes I'll just take a day off and not bill and work on my own stuff then. So uh, that's how I kind of balance both. And I'd say like, yeah, it's recently it's been really good for us. We have uh, really good consulting income. We have, you know, a growing product income. And um, yeah, and that's all very recent, like kind of all the work that I was putting in you know, for years and years blogging and podcasting and kind of thinking of things and, and trying very small products has kind of started to pay off now. And I still feel like we're, we move a little bit slower than maybe someone who doesn't have kids and, you know, has a lot, uh, much lower expenses. But I feel like we're still, you know, moving forward at a really good pace. Tell me about it, right? About 30 minutes before we were scheduled to talk. I was packing lunch, changing a diaper, getting him ready, going to drop him off at his grandmother's house so I could come back here and chat with you in peace. And there's not like a crying baby in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, so and, yeah, it and, adds a definite level of complexity. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good to, for us to like acknowledge that. Sometimes I, maybe I unfairly get kind of self-righteous about that. Like, oh, it's so much harder for me. But uh, and I think it is harder, but there's also advantages too. I mean, one thing is that I think having a family has pushed, you know, pushed us to make better decisions. Like we don't want to just like, you know, quit consulting and just run to and, and try to put everything into building some sort of startup or product. We've tried to be very kind of gradual about it and uh, as smart about it as we can. Uh, and also, like, if you have an hour of time when you have kids, uh, you try not to waste it, right? So sometimes I feel like maybe the the disadvantage to not having a family is you've got so much time in your day that you, you don't realize how much of it you're wasting. But when you have, when time is much more valuable to you, you kind of treat it with more care or at least try to. So, I, I mean, I still, I still waste a ton of time, but <laughs> there's, I, I think I also have an understanding of like, okay, I've got this hour right now. If I want to do some writing, this is my chance. Yeah. And, creative uh, constraints can be really powerful. And I, I use it every once in a while, like on a weekend, 
my husband and I, JJ and I will take turns. We only have one. <laughs> um, so I'm yeah. serious, like hats off to you. But um, what we'll do is sometimes we'll take, we'll alternate hours. You get one hour, I'll get one hour. You get one hour, I'll get one hour with the baby. So I know I have an hour and I need to send out my newsletter. And it, it has to get done in this hour. My next yeah. hour, I'm going to dedicate to this task or this task. And by like noon, I'm like, holy, that was really productive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, creative constraints, I, I definitely agree. Our own disadvantages as, as a, a parent can really work in our favor from time to time. From time to time. Not all the time. But yeah. 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 I mean, and life is messy, right? So one reason I like talking about this stuff more is that I think the public persona that a lot of entrepreneurs and makers uh, put out publicly is a lot simpler than their real life. And so, you know, there's a lot of things people don't talk about. Like, you know, right now my parents are in good health, but if all of a sudden one of my parents got sick, that would dramatically affect my life and what I was able to realistically uh, accomplish, right? And if I had, you know, I think about there's all sorts of like life situations that could, you know, would affect what kind of creative output you can have. And I think it's good to acknowledge that, that not everybody's in the same situation. And, you know, some people have way less resources in terms of time and money. And that's just a reality of life. Life is a lot more messy than, you know, following five simple steps and achieving success. That definitely happened to me. I decided very smartly. I'm, I'm such a genius. I decided to create a web app when I was pregnant at the very beginning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so imagine me with like the, all the energy it took in my entire body to just lift my hand and press play next episode on Netflix. And I have a developer in the US who's sending me like updates on like, finish this feature, finish that, what's next? And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Let's, you know, that failed. Um, but, but definitely, I think that it, in talking about this stuff and also becoming more aware of your own situation, like in that moment, maybe I could have used a little more like self-awareness to say maybe right now is not the right time to start this venture. So I, I definitely identify with you on that. But now that we're getting all, you know, not, I wouldn't say depressing, but let's talk about, you know, <laughs> our lows. So you've created a ton of products in the past, you know, WordPress plugins, eBooks, membership sites, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, consulting work that you do. Yeah. What's a creative low for you? Would that be kind of like lack of ideas or lack of sales uh, or a little bit of both? Uh, creative low for me is loss of momentum. Okay. So, and I, I'm kind of just getting out of that right now. I, I went to uh, Barcelona to speak at MicroConf. Um, I ended up, my wife booked me uh, an extra 10 days there. She wanted me to take a break and it was amazing. I haven't really done a big trip like that by myself ever. <laughs> and so just to have two weeks in Barcelona, uh, I was hanging out with some people I knew in Europe and uh, it was amazing. I didn't work at all. You know, I maybe had you know, a few billable days in there and then a little bit of my own stuff, but most of it was just like relaxing. And I came back and I'm, I've been feeling like, man, how do I get that momentum back? And loss of momentum, I think, is the hardest thing ever. It feels like a, a big flywheel that, you know, to get it going, you really have to start cranking it and it's like rusty and like doesn't want to move. And 
when you can start getting it going and it's going full speed, it's so much easier to get things done. But at the beginning, it's it's so hard. So, so do you mean particularly like, for example, difficulty in sitting down to write or and crank out the words or difficulty in like focusing on consulting work? Like what is the momentum that you yeah, feel? Yeah, mostly like mostly momentum in my own stuff. Just like, okay. yeah, sitting down and just... And sometimes even like you lose sight of what you should be working on, right? Like what should I focus on first? But when, as soon as you have momentum, uh, like two days ago, I sat down and I recorded the first video tutorial for marketing for developers. And it was like this huge weight off my shoulder because all of a sudden I had momentum. I had a direction. Uh, I, I have the first video done and I know I need to do another nine. And it just felt in some ways just relieving to have a direction and then also to have some momentum. I have one down. Okay, I've got, you know, nine more to go. So that's the big thing. I think just getting started is challenging. And I mean, in, in small ways, that happens all the time, right? Like I'll, I might write a blog post every week for 10 weeks and then, you know, three weeks go by and then four weeks go by and then five weeks go by. And then I look and go, man, I, I haven't released anything in a while. And yeah, it all has to... I'm yeah, my email inbox is empty. <laughs> Justin Jackson. And it all has to do with just not, yeah, not getting, not having the momentum. I just released two episodes of Product People after not having released one for three months. And part of it was momentum. I released one and I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was already in that frame of mind and I did another interview and I thought, well, I'll just share this one too. So yeah, I think the, the biggest one for me and when I get like the most kind of upset and depressed is when I feel like I haven't shipped anything in a while. So it really uh, has no effect on you in, in terms of your momentum when something that you create has a better like reception and, and let's say like popularity among your followers or audience uh, compared to yeah. something else? Not, not so much. It's more about your output? No, I mean, that affects me too, for sure. Yeah, putting stuff out and then, you know, that's the hard part about being creative is that if you're a creative person, you basically are always serving an audience. You're not just making things for yourself. You're making things for other people. And by its very nature, uh, when you put something out into the world, you don't get to dictate how people respond to it. And I think that's hard. Yeah, that's always hard. That, that maybe is my second biggest low <laughs> is, that, is, is putting stuff out and feeling like, ah, you know, I didn't get the, the reception I wanted or... I, uh, you know, it could have been better. I, I definitely feel that too, for sure. And how do you deal with that? And this is pure hashtag research <laughs> for yeah. myself. You know, sometimes it's just like, I just need to talk about it with my wife and say, you know, those conversations go something like, oh, Lorinda, nobody likes my stuff. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I, I'm, I'll never make anything good. I really mess this up or whatever. And she'll say, Oh, no, you, you know, she'll, she'll affirm me and help me to see things, I think, more realistically. And because often we, we're just, we're just being emotional, we're not being rational. You know, um, that's the moment when I have conversations with friends and stuff where I send them your article about keep making <laughs> stuff. So yeah, maybe you should bookmark your own article. It's honestly every, every single time that I feel like that, because it does happen uh, all yeah. the time. I read that post. And I don't even have to get through the whole thing. It's like the beginning where it's like, you're fearing rejection, bro, and you just got to keep going, basically. Yeah. And it's been very helpful to me. So and yeah. thank you for writing it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, and that's funny too, actually, when you write things like that in those moments, and then you 
go back to it later and go, oh man, I need to follow my own advice here. It's um, so much to remember though. Like all this stuff that we should be doing. So yeah. I, I get you. Yeah, and, but I think the, the one solution to me, like whenever I get in those moments, I, I've been through it enough that I realize if I'm depressed or I'm feeling down, it is almost for sure because I haven't shipped something lately. And just sitting down and writing a blog post and publishing it will make me feel better. Because putting things out into the world for me is what gives me energy. It's uh, in some ways, the reason marketing for developers was such a drag is because it was such a big project. In some ways, I should have split it up into 10 different projects and just shipped them you know, every month. It would have been way better. Trying to do one big project and having you know, months and months and months of never putting anything out is exhausting. And yeah, so that's something I've been thinking about. It's like, I just got to keep making things. I got to keep putting things out there. So when is it going to be out there? <laughs> so, <laughs> so this one, I was just talking about this yesterday with my wife. And uh, I, I meet with two guys every week and we kind of keep each other accountable. Uh, so I've said I'm going to set a deadline sometime three to five weeks from now. That's what's kind of been missing since I got back from Barcelona is I just need to get this uh, a final deadline out. So that's one of my goals for today is we just had our, our meeting yesterday. And one of my goals for today is to actually set a deadline. It'll be probably sometime in October. And yeah, I'm going to publish the official launch day, like hopefully by the end of today. And then that's that deadline will help me kind of get my butt in gear and get everything done. Very nice. Well, I wish you the best of luck with marketing for developers. Uh, I'm not a developer, but you've expressed some interest in creating other products for makers that I am looking forward to if that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's going to be, there will be a follow-up book called Marketing for Makers. That's the one. That'll be, that, that'll be specifically uh, geared at people that, that are just kind of general people that like to create stuff. I'm also working on a new, it's going to be a new podcast and a new online community called Mega Maker. And uh, I don't really have a lot of details about that. You can go to megamaker.co and sign up. But that's going to be something kind of completely different than stuff I've done before. And that'll be coming probably November, December. All right. So you're kind of one after another. I like it. I like it. You're more your style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on Process and for sharing all of this with us, Justin. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was great talking. You heard it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Justin Jackson, a maker who writes, builds tech products, hosts various podcasts, and speaks all over the world. He's got a book coming out soon called Marketing for Developers. Justin really made me think about those creative constraints he mentioned. Sure, as parents, the time constraint is a powerful one. But for everyone out there, parent or not, you have to keep making. That thing you feel you have to create, it's time to do it, no matter the excuses that are floating around your head. Thanks, Justin, for sharing that with us. I'll be posting more on where you can find Justin online in the show notes. So visit process.show for more info. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed my talk with Justin, how about you hop on over to iTunes and leave a fabulously glowing review? You'd make my day. I'll be back next Friday with the next episode of Process and more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making. I'm Marcela, your host, and this was Process. Process.